0: Brother, I'm going run a wild hog hunt. If I like get some moment, I'll make sure it's an cuz lately. what is up ladies and gentlemen i don't know we got to come up with a name for y'all for for the people who listen you know what the working name i don't know meat slappers slapping meat gang i don't know that guy. what do y'all what do y'all want to be called what do the community want to be called let me know uh but thank y'all for tuning in to the slapping meat wrestling podcast i'm we too deep that's uh we, we got a long show for you i'm uh, just uh just a disclosure. It's going to be a long show Before we dive into what we got planned uh, Let's get some housekeeping uh, Not much The first is, you know You're probably thinking Hey, we too deep You said you're going to be wearing your new merch Well, I have it here today I'm just not going to wear it For, for two reasons One It's a little <laughs> It's a it's a little hard to see with, with the with the light. So here's the shirt. If you're listening on audio, go check out the YouTube, uh, and you can see it. Here's the shirt. As you can tell, it's real hard to see the logo on it, uh, on the black background. Probably should have gone white, to be honest with you. I think there's a white, a gray, and a black. Um, but now y'all got to see what it looks like at least, right? So that's slappingmewrestling.com. To go get the merch, you got shirts, sweatshirts, I think, like stickers you can put on your car window. Uh, I think uh, like a pint glass if you are an alcoholic like me. (laughs) Um, But the last thing with uh, housekeeping, we'll go through this. We got a long show, so I'm going to try to speed this up, is slapping me brackets. We're still going to do it. Um, I know I said, I think, a couple episodes ago that I wasn't going to. We're still going to do it. However, I'm not going to discuss it on the actual podcast. I'm going to um, post the pictures in the Discord group. So to vote and to even see who wins. You'll have to be in the the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast Discord link also in the description. Come join the community um, and and join the fun. Um, But other than that, let's get to talking wrestling. Um, We got a lot of community questions and topics and different things to to put on here, Uh, probably the most I've ever gotten. So I appreciate you all who have asked these, these topics. Um, which is funny because I also had, I had already planned uh I'll give sort of a, a BTS behind the scenes on, on on my sort of process in doing this. Um I typically plan a show and then based on how many topics, I know with DJ Wavy D, I'm down to get at least three topics each week because the dude's just a beast at giving me good content to, to make. I, I really do appreciate it. Um, so I know I was, I was going to get at least two or three from him, uh, B masters really good at bringing in some content. Right. And so some questions. So I plan a show that always with the thing in mind of maybe I don't get questions this week, right? I still got to give you uh, at least 30 minutes. So let's, let's make a, a 30 minute, 45 minute show without the questions, And then maybe we can give them 15 minutes with the questions, depending on how many we got. Right. I had to cut some back. I had to cut some of what I planned out because I had planned what was probably already going to be an hour long show. And then I started getting all of this, all of these questions. I'm like, this is going to take forever. Like we probably would have been here for three hours, Uh, which I'm sure y'all don't mind. (laughs) Um, but and a lot of the questions that the community asked were already topics that I was going to talk about anyway. Um, and so we will uh we will address those at the end like we always do. But let's get into what I had already pre planned. Uh we'll sort of break it down. Uh of course the episode title being Make Wrestling Professional Again the sort of main thing topic right before we get into the community questions are going to be putting the pro back in pro wrestling. You know, let's make wrestling professional. Again, we'll, we'll explain more. Um, I did something over the weekend that probably gives me a strike on the casual call, the casualness of my fandom. And that is I watched Impact Bound for Glory I'm going to give a review of that just a brief review on that um I had a discussion over the last week on CM Punk and 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 a conversation about if if he doesn't show up at Survivor Series does that hurt the overall show and I want to give my take on that on here and then we're going to we're going to do a segment I don't know if I will do it every week but I'm going to take a character or a faction or a group and, and fantasy book them. um. And, and so I think, I think that's going to be, that's going to be a fun exercise, especially with who I chose to do this week. um. Because there's a conversation around why I picked who I picked this week that, that I want to have, Going into that so th- that's what I came Up with and then we got these community Questions uh, again some more BTS what I come up with I rehearse I, my Script of what I come up with is ready By Friday and I Rehearse that part of The show probably Every day for Thursday, Friday Saturday and Monday right And then when I record I already have it sort of Brain memory of what I'm going to say um, And that's why I do it That way when I get to the, But with the community questions I don't I don't ask for them To the day I record I get them I don't read them I just copy put in there And um, Sometimes I read them to, to make sure I don't need clarification If I do need clarification I ask for clarification And then we just move on I don't rehearse my answers Just straight off the cuff Um, Now, if you ask me like like one of them today is like build a a top five, this, that or whatever. Right. So when I see that, I I do go ahead and list my people ahead of time so that I'm not sitting here for 20 minutes trying to figure out my answer. But I'm not sitting here planning out everything. So um, just again, that's just a little bit of the behind the scenes. Let's dig on in. We've we've rambled on long enough. Um, let's talk about the first question, and it's not very serious. It's actually, I wanted to start it off super light and and, and just have some fun with this question. Um, I was sitting down watching NXT last week, last Tuesday, and Carmen Petrovic and um, Jada Parker came on as part of the Women's Breakout Tournament. Um, and the thought came through my head, where does WWE slash NXT get all these baddies from? Like, where do they find all of these women who not only are athletic, but look good? Like, wh- wh- how come AEW can't find these people? How come how come these people don't go to the indies? Right? Th- that's my question for you all. Why don't they go and try to, to build a career? Why did Jade Cargill... Use AEW as a stepping stone, and not as the end. Right? It was a means to the end, which was always WWE. Right? Why? Why does AEW? Why does the indie scenes? Why don't they seem to find these baddies who can actually work? Because, because let, let's just be honest. Let's just let's have this conversation. I'm assuming most of the audience is male. That's my assumption. If you're a female out there, support. Thanks for supporting us. Salute to you. Uh, But let's just be honest. The majority of the the wrestling fan base is is male. So we can have the conversation of something we even sort of talked about a few weeks ago of creating a Divas division and having the women wrestlers, but then also having the Divas division where where you can fight, but you – but you can also have the people who are a little bit more, I don't want to say sexualized, but more sexy, right? Uh, where, where where their sexuality comes out a little bit more. Someone like uh, uh, a Tiffany Stratton or a Mandy Rose. Uh, the, uh, NXT, where are y'all finding all these women that just like, goddamn. Like, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Just... There's a more than enough cake to go around in NXT, man More than enough cake to go around <laughs> I just Because let's just be honest Like when you look at the independent wrestling scene And, and when I got into to wrestling again in 2014, 2015 And I really got into the independent female wrestling scene which Which the people that I sort of Clinged to Gigi Dolan or at the time Priscilla Kelly, um, JC Jane went by Avery Taylor uh on the indies, um, Deanna Parasso, uh Santana Garrett. Most of them have either worked for WWE or currently with WWE or in major promotions, or in in the case of uh Santana Garrett, I'm pretty sure she's retired at this point, but she had a big career and impact. I think she went by Tiffany. On, uh, on in, an impact. Um, but w- if you look at the the sort of landscape of the female independence scene, you I find two things. You, you're either you have the uber athletic female who ain't that attractive, or you have the super attractive female. Who who, who who just can't play sports to save their life. They're there to cosplay. I find a lot of cosplayers in the in women's wrestling, right? You get someone, I mean, they, but, but WWE is not immune to this because they get someone like on Raw with Tegan. Not, I'm pretty sure it was on a Raw match. And I'm pretty sure it was, shit, I don't even know who she was fighting. It probably could have been against Natalia, But it looked like she was running in slow motion like we got some girls that wrestle that can't have no athletic bone a, a gene in their body but somehow NXT has managed to find these athletes who are class A NCAA athletes who just, who are fine and they they're bringing them in WWE got some baddies <laughs> Uh I don't know why that came to my head while I was watching that match. It was a pretty decent match by the way. But that's the first thing we're going to talk about. What y'all think? Let me know what y'all think about it. We're, why do why does it seem like the attractive athletic females seem to find their way to to WWE right and and and, and not other wrestling promotions? Why do you think that is? Let me know what y'all think. All right, let's go ahead and and talk about Bound for Glory uh, that impacts WrestleMania, basically. Uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, uh, seeing as probably most of the audience didn't watch it. Um, I don't want to spoil it, but I also don't want to waste a lot of time on it. I will say this. There are going to be spoilers because I'll talk about the results. So if you you want to watch it and you haven't, um, sorry, this is a warning ahead of time. Um, I'll say this. Let's let's start with this. I don't think I've watched Impact in several years. Um just a little back and forth. I went to Bound for Glory 2014. I don't remember what year it was. Um McIntyre was still there. Broke the Hardys were still there. I remember Kurt Angle, I think, did a match against Eric Young, I think. Uh, um, EC3 was there. Tyrus, I believe, was there. Um, no, because 2014 was when they went to Japan. Yeah, it was 2015. So, Bound for Glory 2015. Um, I was there. I went to that match, or, or to that that card, um, um and I, I enjoyed it. It was thoroughly nice, but I don't really think I've really kept up with Impact since about that time. Um, on a on a week to week basis, um, every now and then I'll check in on it. I see some results of it. I know some I know a lot of the roster um that that's there um but I tuned in um because there were for for several reasons so the first was the small r- sort of rumor that uh c m Punk may have been there. just wanted to check that out, but more so. It's bound for glory. It's it, it, I, I I assumed it was going to be a decent event. I just wanted to check it out, right? And and most casual fans wouldn't check it out, wouldn't pay the $40 for it. But I, I went ahead and bu- bit the bullet, and I'm glad I did. So let's just... I don't want to talk about every match. I do. For the most part, I liked a lot of what I said. I'll, I'll, I'll give the overall general review as this. It felt nice that for once I could just sit and watch wrestling and not really care, right? I could just sit there and enjoy it. Because a lot of times with WWE, I try to sit there and critique the storyline and 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 sit there. And a lot of times with WWE, I, I find myself just trying to critique too much rather than just enjoying the show. And it was nice for once to finally just sit down Watch a wrestling show for the wrestling. Get get a a night full of good matches, and yeah, it it just felt like a good show, and 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 it it delivered everything that I was looking for. Um, there were a couple moments though where that I want to call out that 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 I want to bring up. Um. So the first is this Call Your Shot Battle Royal. Um, This was the fourth match, I believe, that came on. Um, And this is essentially, if you don't know what it is, it's a 20-person battle royal, basically. They call it a gauntlet match. Um, But what it is is it's a 20-person battle royal Once you get down to the final two, it becomes a one-on-one match in which the only way you can win is by pinfall or submission. Um, And I like that concept. It's essentially Royal Rumble and money in the bank because the winner gets to then, over the next year, call their shot at the title of their choice. So it's essentially Royal Rumble. Money in the bank with this unique style of the final two having to be a normal match. Um, and that that, that's a fun match, and it was pretty fucking entertaining. It was a lot better than Royal Rumble. Because what happens with the Royal Rumble a lot of times is it is you just get a bunch of people in the ring and nothing really happens. This gauntlet match was a clusterfuck of fun it just it was just fun um but i do have one critique and this is where i sort of back away from tna impact whatever you want to call it i sort of back away from it because they do the the intergender wrestling and and i don't know if i've said it here or not i'm not a huge fan of intergender wrestling i'm just not um for for several reasons but the most important of it is the rea- re excuse me, the realistic factor. It's not realistic. It's unrealistic for this match to end the way that it did. So if you don't know how it ended, um, you had Jordan Grace. Um now, she's a beast. She's a bodybuilder. She looks like she's fucking chiseled out of rock. Um I mean. Good for Jonathan Gresham if he likes that. To me personally, I'm not a big fan of the look. Um, but I don't like it on men either. Um but she's five foot three. I looked this up to be certain. She's five three, I think one hundred and like thirty pounds. Bully Ray, if you don't know who that is, Bubble Ray Dudley. What so they were the final two. He's Six foot three, 280 pounds. So he has a one foot, 120 pound difference, I think is what it came down to. Something like that. And you're going to sit here and tell me that Jordan Grace, a foot shorter, a hundred and some odd pounds, um, less weight she's muscular as fuck but even even like we can't just ignore the biological differences in muscle mass and bone density of of males in general you just can't ignore that and the real realistic factor the 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 fact that it is unrealistic and and we're going to have people come back like oh well it's all scripted okay yeah but you you can script reality, right? At least be at least when you script it, you have to be consistent with reality. You can't just come out here and book a hundred thirty pound female to beat someone that's almost three hundred pounds. It just doesn't work that way. And so, I'm happy for Jordan, but she comes in here, she 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 wins this match in the most unrealistic way ever, by beating the biggest guy in the match. it That was the only down point to me, right? Uh, in a night that had a lot of highs, this was the only down point in the, match for, uh, in the night for me was how they did this. I'm just, again, it's su- supremely biased. I don't like intergender wrestling. I don't think it should exist. I'm not a big fan of it. Um but so right, you know what the high was, and this is gonna surprise a lot of people, was Will Ospreay's match. I'm a big fan of Will Ospreay now. I think his is still dumb as fuck, and definitely gonna lead to to injury. But the dude can wrestle. If he could change his move setup just a little bit to make it a little bit more safer, right? But impact did something for me. And and, and impact did they booked their show the way that I like shows booked. Right. AEW and and, and, and New Japan and everyone that tries to justify this style where they do like every single match is fast paced, super kick, super kick, super kick, no cell acrobatics. And every match is the same pace. Well, Well, things happen on an eight to 14 match card when every match is the same pace. You tire the crowd out one, but two, nothing feels special. And so when with impact, this was the only match that was super super fast paced. You had Speedball Mike Bailey, which I had never watched before. You had Will Ospreay, and they put on a banger of a match. It made my list for potential match of the year candidate. It's probably not gonna win, but it was a damn good match. What a it was a fantastic match. I'm fine having false, a false finish. Type match where everything doesn't get sold I'm fine having one of those On the card But when you're AEW and you put four or five on them Or it seems like every single match Does it Nothing seems unique So uh, Look, Mike Bailey for, From first impressions You're you're pretty good, dude <laughs> uh, Will Ospreay You've proved to me You made it real hard in my head I had you at the number three best wrestler in the world. You're really making an argument for me to move you up to one. It's still the same three. It's still Gunther, still Dragunov. It's still Ospreay. But a part of me wants to put you at number one because that match was fantastic. I loved it. It was it was my favorite match of the night, which is surprising because it's the, the the style that I like the least but I think I like it the least because AEW overuses it when it's the, when it's by itself, right. And it's the only thing there, it becomes an attraction. But when every match does it now, and now it's lost the attraction to it, right? You you lost why people care about it. Overall though, I'm going to be honest with you with, with bound for glory ending with them announcing that starting at, It's hard to kill their next pay-per-view. They're going to rebrand it back to the TNA branding. That's big. And part of me, that has to lead to something. Something's coming. Is it a TV deal? Are they leaving Access TV and actually getting a deal on major TV where people can watch them? That would be big. That's what I hope happens. Call up Paramount Network. Call up Fox Sports 1. With Fox losing WWE at the end of 2024, maybe you can work out a deal to squeeze you in on a Thursday night on, like, Fox Sports 1 or on the Paramount Network. Call Viacom up. Put them on that Paramount Network. Or on FX, where they show replays for 90% of their co- content. Right, but, but, but there's a potential that 2024, AEW is no longer sort of competing against WWE. But WWE sort of locked and secured in that first spot. And now we got a battle for second and third between TNA and AEW. And then you got fourth sort of waking up with NWA getting a TV deal with the CW, which is big because like 90, 95 percent of American households have access to the CW. If not 100 percent. I don't actually know, but I know it's a major network in, in local areas to get the CW, and and you're going to put NWA power on it? I don't know the date. No one knows the date. I don't think they've announced it yet, but that's big. AW's got some competition for second place. And WWE's looking back saying, see, we're, we're first still. We're, we're We're the primary. Y'all can battle back there for secondary, but we're primary. All right. And so TNA is going to be big if they could do this thing right. Let's move on. Next discussion is CM Punk. So the question is, does CM Punk not showing up at Survivor Series hurt the show? Because the argument that was made to me was if CM Punk doesn't show up, it it it, it, it hurts the show. Where you have to take it a grade down, you have to grade it for what it was or or grade it for for the like as if he's no the him no showing changes the way the show should be viewed. Now, my personal uh, feeling on that is that's unfair as fuck. And let me put it in a perspective. Us commoners may understand because I I used to have to write people up as a manager. For no call, no shows. For actually no showing a shift. Right now, if you were working at a shift, right, and you were scheduled off for a day, right, and and you come in the next day, and your manager comes to you and says, "Man, I know you weren't scheduled, but but you're going to get written up for no show, on a day you weren't supposed to be here, on a day you weren't you weren't promised to be here." Right, and, and the analogy fails because analogies always fail. No analogy is perfect. But is it fair to judge a show worse than what it was because a a, a superstar who will not be promoted for the show and is not promised to be at the show isn't there? That's that's not fair at all. To me, that's not fair at all to the competitors who actually participate. If you're going to grade survival, Um, there we go. Sorry about that. We did we had something that's messed up with my mic. And this is what I talk about. I don't edit none, none of this. Y'all gonna see the behind the scenes when the shit mess up. <laughs> um, but if y'all are gonna grade a show for someone that wasn't promised, that 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 to me that's just not fair. CM Punk is not promised to be there. And if your entire expectation is CM Punk has to show up for the show to be good. To me, that's completely disrespectful to the wrestlers who are putting on work to tell you a story. And y'all could say, oh, that's you, you sound too IWC. No, these people are putting on entertainment and you're going to grade them down because one guy doesn't show up. So I don't think it hurts the show. But secondly, I think the second question is, is CM Punk needed in WWE? Is he needed? I don't think he's needed. I don't think he has to be there. WWE does not need him there. So I got a question. What do we do with CM Punk? Because obviously if he shows up, it's to fight Rollins. Based on all the teasers. So then the question becomes what then? Do you give him the belt? Is he going to fizzle out in three months? What's the benefit of bringing in CM Punk to the main roster? Because I know where, where, I know a, a, a good place. I know a good place to bring him. Um, I know a good place to put him, NXT. Build a faction: Braun Breaker, CM Punk, Cora Jade, Karrion Cross, Di Jack, Scarlet Bordeaux, AJ Lee. I've done this before. I called it the NWO, but you don't have to do it. Uh, I've already come up with another name. Call it the Voiceless. CM Punk doesn't have to talk. He can or, or wrestle. He can just talk. He could be the voice of the Voiceless. And it's just a faction of people who are tired of being left behind. They're going to take their place, right? It's DiJack who's tired of time after time being ignored, and he's going to go take the title. And it's it's Braun Breaker who's just there to cause destruction, and he's tired of waiting in line. He's going to go take his place. And it's Carrion Cross who was tired of of having nothing go for go his way, and he's going to go take his place in line. And Cora Jade, the same thing. AJ Lee doesn't necessarily have to do much of anything. Um, she could just be there. She could she could be sort of like the valet or 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 person who distracts the referee, same as Scarlett Bordeaux. You don't have to put her in an actual match. You don't even really need AJ Lee to begin with, but if we're putting everybody else in couples, except for Dijak, but if, if you're going to have Karrion Cross and Scarlett and Cora and, 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 and Braun, you might as well have Punk and, and AJ, right? But I think that's something, and it doesn't even have to be those individuals, but put them down there. His initial goal in going to AEW was to help get the young guys over. But they didn't want to listen. You know where they will listen? NXT. Put them on NXT. Put him on NXT. I promise you it works. Put him on NXT. You could still get the match with him and Rollins. How? Well, you build this faction. Here's how you do it you have Braun and Die Jack backstage during a promo at Halloween Havoc the next two weeks, shaking hands. Uh, you know, maybe get, see a Cross in the background, maybe see. Uh, scarlet back there maybe maybe core jade right and, and all of a sudden you know all the stuff played out at halloween havoc in the background they're making this faction deal in front of our face right and then the crown jewel seth rollins gets attacked by this faction And then that leads him to want to know who it is. So the Friday prior to Survivor Series, CM Punk debuts. Or you can just debut at Crown Jewel CM Punk. I don't think you debut him. You can't just go and debut him at Chicago for the pop. I'm sorry, you... If you're going to put him in a match, if he's if he's going to debut at Survivor Series, it can't be in a match. Because you got to build the match. No one wants the match if there's no build. At least I don't. So if he's going to show up at Survivor Series, it can't be a match. But then the match won't happen to WrestleMania. Right? I, Punk will be a benefit. It will it, be a plus to the roster. But he's not a needed asset to the roster. And when we fantasy book Cody here in a, in a minute or two, um, I think I I think I know what we can do with Punk, to make him interesting, and and you'll you'll see here in a minute what that is. All right. So the next uh, topic before we get to that fantasy booking is Pat McAfee has announced or or is alluding to the fact that he hasn't. Resigned with College Game Day yet, and there's a there's a huge call to get rid of him on College Game Day. I'm gonna be completely honest the 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 older crowd that watches College Game Day just isn't a big fan of him. I think College Game Day tried to appeal to the more college frat guy audience, and people just don't like it. And so I don't think he'll be here at the. I don't think he'll be there next year, which gives me a question: if he comes back to WWE. First off, do you want him to come back? But second, these commentary booths could be fire, right? We got, speaking of commentary booth, I forgot to mention this when I talked about Bound for Glory. Tom Hannafin, which used to be WWE's Tom Phillips until he had a leaked message about him face-fucking somebody. I, I, bro, when I read that message, if y'all don't remember it, go look it up. Tom Phillips, WWE. um. Bro, legit, straight up. Sent a message over phone, over text. About, <laughs> about wanting to something about like face fucking. Bro, and I about fucking died. He was on like a plane or something. <laughs> And I died when I saw that shit. Dude was a fucking good announcer, too. And then he's partnered with, I think his name is Mal or something. It's Aiden English. That was his wrestling name in WWE. He used to be Miro's uh, guy. He was with Simon Gotts as well in the Vaudevillains. Uh, Matthew Rewalt, I think is how you say his last name. That comp, that, com- that, the pairing for commentary, uh, they challenge for the best in the business that was a solid commentary uh, table. I really enjoyed it at Bound for Glory. But if McAfee comes back, look at what WWE could have. You could have Cole and McAfee on SmackDown. You'll have Vic and Booker, which I think is is a, a solid pairing. I know people hate Booker, but I love Booker. He adds a, a comedic element to the comic uh, commentary, which I with I which I if I could fucking learn how to talk <laughs> i enjoy and then you could have raw where you either do the two t- uh, the two person booth of barrett graves or excuse me you could do barrett graves and uh kevin patrick which i i, I you don't need to put, keep kevin patrick wwe you could release them if mcafee comes back just go ahead and say hey kevin patrick you're gone <laughs> um but yeah, so what do y'all think? If McAfee comes back, do you want him? Is he going to come back and do commentary? And what do you think about those that, that, those commentary booths? Those are fire, don't you think? <laughs> All right, so now we're going to, we got two more things to talk about here before we get into community questions. We're going to fantasy book Cody real quick. And the, the conversation around this is do we really need matches that are always heel versus face because I don't think you do my my priority when I watch a show is to figure out your motivation for doing something right and I get it the story should be good versus evil but the motivation for why something like well, I don't care if you're good or evil I want to know your motivation for why you are what you are and WWE does a very awful job at describing motivation but well, for Cody, they've given us a good motivation that I think can tell a good story. That motivation is I've come back to win the WWE championship because my dad can never do it. So he wants to prove it to his dad that he's, you know, he wants to do something his dad couldn't do. He wants to prove to his dad that he he's a star, right? If you watch the documentary, that was, that's been his goal. He wanted just to prove himself to his dad, right? He wanted to get outside of saying... Like, Because everyone was like, oh, there's Dusty. Can you imagine being Dusty's son and having to live in that shadow of never being able to live up to what Dusty Rhodes was? Right? And so to prove to his dad, but I think it's also the sort of added motivation of he didn't like me. Right? He had Dusty's kids in NXT. So to beat Seth Rollins. Is added motivation, seeing that Dusty's kids was basically what Seth Rollins was. He was the top Dusty kid. Like, that story makes sense. And so you can use this motivation that he has, right? And the way we tell stories now is completely backwards to, to actual reality. Let me explain. We tell stories with the notion that all people are good and some people choose to do evil. That's completely backwards from reality. In reality, the natural bent of man is to evil. Our natural state is to choose to do bad things. That's why it is so easy for us to to steal. For so, right? It's why it's so easy for us In our natural state, when pressed to do something, stealing is natural to us. Right? The natural bent of man is to do evil. And so that's how we should tell this story. It's not that Cody's being corrupted. It's that everyone is already corrupted, but most people have the self-control to fight back the urges. Right? So... Everyone is evil. A lot of people hold back their evil tendencies. That this is the natural state of man. We all choose to do bad things, but we live in a moral society. This have you never questioned why our laws say do not murder, why we need to put those in, in in place? Why we need to have laws not to murder somebody and not to steal and not to and not to rape. We need to have those in place. Because the natural bent of man is to steal, murder, and rape. And in a moral, uh, ethical society, we have punishment for that. Because that is the natural bent of man. And so the story shouldn't be, you know, the story's not going to be Cody's a good guy who gets corrupted. We don't need that magical force to corrupt him. He's already corrupted. The natural bent of himself is already corrupted. Cody's just been able to to withhold those urges, and self control those urges. But when he's faced with an idea, or faced with the uh, the 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 opportunity, and there's a movie called *Nefarious*. It, it was released earlier this year. Um. And nefarious, uh, without spoiling the movie, because I really would recommend you guys check it out. Um, it's it's a guy on death row. He committed murders, very gruesome murders. They don't show him in the scene, but they describe them. Basically, he strangles them to death. And he's on death row. It's the night of his execution. He's claiming insanity. And he's... Um, that they send in a doctor or a psychologist basically with the idea of you either say he's insane or he's um, stable minded. If he's stable minded, we, we kill him. Right. And so the doctor gets into the room and he's met with a demon. The dude's demon possessed. Um, and it's not like super scary. It's, a, it's more of a thriller. Think uh, screw tape letters and uh, silence of the lambs not, uh, not like the exorcist. It's not scary. It's more of a thriller. Um, and the, the demon talks to this doctor about like the plan to destroy mankind. Um, and it, there are religious tones to it, but it's not a religious movie. It's not going to sit there and like, force it down your throat to where you're where it's uncomfortable a lot of like religious movies are super uncomfortable to watch um but it talks about like de- the, you know small it's not like possession is one of those things where like it just happens with the demons don't for he the demon says we don't force ourselves upon you you have to give us permission and how does that happen is Small temptations, the stealing of the toy car at five years old, the, the right. That's permission. Right. The, um, you know, just think about all the different temptations you've had, you know, the the lie, the, the temptation to tell a lie, the, you know, stealing a toy car um, and, and ultimately it becomes full possession when you give in to do something as bad as murder um and it's a cool way to think about just the what happens in the sort of spiritual realm of of uh you know if you believe in that stuff it, it, it i think it would be cool to you right but but the idea of just like small temptations leading to you know permission for bigger things to happen so how do you do this how do you turn Cody First off, this gives Cody a lot of character depth, which I would would appreciate. How do you do this? Well, after Survivor Series, we're going to enter what I call the eight weeks of hell. It's the eight weeks between Survivor Series and a Royal Rumble where Triple H has got to figure out what the fuck to do because they don't do anything in December. Right? It's the month of December and 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 January, where it's like eight to nine weeks where it's just if if it's bad it's bad, and people tune out like last year was bad twenty twenty two and the twenty twenty three was very bad triple h really did bad at it um I think it's gonna be better, but here's a way you could do right Seth Rollins is gonna need an opponent at Royal Rumble. Well, here's an idea. Let's hold a tournament, a 16-man tournament that could span that eight to nine weeks to figure out the number one contender. And you put in, uh, right, you put in Jey Uso, you put in Gunther. you put in Chad Gable, Cody Rhodes, Finn Balor. Um... You know, you bring up maybe two people from NXT to participate, maybe some people from SmackDown to participate, right? CM Punk debuts at Survivor Series. Adam Pierce comes out and says, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You know, Adam Pierce is the good guy. He's the, you got to earn your stripes to get what you want, right? He's that type of guy, right? You have to earn the opportunity. And so he says, you know what, CM Punk, if you want to shout at the title, Hey, join this tournament. And so you have Punk, you have Cody, you have Jey Uso, Gunther, right? And you get to a point um, where your final four is Jey Uso versus Cody Rhodes. And someone, it could be Gunther, it could be Gable versus Punk. Punk's a, a heel, so I would put in. A face just for the hell of it, because you don't want to have. I mean, you could really do whatever you want there, but punk win, punk's going to the finals of this tournament. How does Cody play into this? Well, match one, he wins clean. Say it's someone like Akira Tozawa, right? He wins clean, nothing happens. But but notice the motivation. The motivation is he wants to win the title for his dad. This means. At any means necessary. This might be the last opportunity he gets, right? Any means necessary. So week two comes in. Match number two comes in. He's now in the in the quarterfinals. And he's fighting somebody. And, and you can start to see him sort of second-guess himself and sort of talk to himself about, I got to finish the story. I got to prove to my dad, right? He's just, he, he, you could see he's talking to himself. And he sort of gets this, you know, deadening, deadening like look inside of him where he sort of switches into corrupt Cody mode, right? Where, where the, the natural bent of who he is as evil comes out and he, but it's small, it's small. It's, he, he rolls somebody up and instead of doing nothing and just doing a normal pen, he grabs the tights or he grabs the rope for extra momentum and and and, and wins the match. Right? Because any means necessary to, to prove to his dad. And and now the corruption is coming out. In the week after, it's a step further. Maybe it's the ref gets bran into on accident. And he sees he, again this thing happens where he sort of just stares at the turnbuckle, takes the turnbuckle cover off. Ref gets up. He's sort of hiding it. Guy runs in, whoever he's fighting. Let's say it's Jay Uso at this point. It's the semifinals. He's fighting Jay Uso. Right? Jay comes running towards the corner. I mean, this is his friend, right? This is the guy he brought over to Raw. He would never turn his back on him, right? They're, they're buddies. He uses the exposed turnbuckle. As Jay runs towards the corner, he gets out of the way. Jay goes face first into the turnbuckle, turnaround, crossroads, one, two, three. Now he's in the finals of the tournament against CM Punk. Winner gets a shot against Seth Rollins at Royal Rumble. Now it's something like brass knuckles, right? So it plays out, exposed turnbuckle, turnaround, crossroads, CM Punk kicks out. He goes and complains to the ref. No, ref, that's that's three. That's got to be a three, right? And the ref's telling him, no, it's two. And CM Punk comes to hit him from behind, and he gets out of the way, hits the ref. And that opportunity, Cody Rhodes takes out some brass knuckles. hits CM Punk. Another ref comes out, crossroads, one, two, three. Now, Cody is going to fight Seth Rollins. Now he's got the opportunity. And now it's now it's Cody versus Seth. And it's any means necessary at this point, right? He's he's slowly being corrupted. And then the opportunity strikes for him to to use a weapon. Ref is again is down. Weapon is used by Cody. He wins the title. Well, CM Punk doesn't appreciate that. Now The thing about this is, is Cody Rhodes, the character, Cody Rhodes outside of the ring, doesn't know, doesn't realize that he's doing these things. Y'all ever do things like you just don't realize you're doing? He doesn't realize what he's doing because to him, he's able to explain it as I just got to finish the story. And Jay comes in and says, yeah, well, you're cheating. And Cody's like, no, no, it's it's. In- I just got to finish the story, man. Right, and, and you can sort of feel for him because you know he's he goes on these promos like he normally does about his dad and and crying in the ring like he normally does, and you can still feel for him. But at the same time, he's he's sort of deceiving everybody, and so now he's champion. CM Punk doesn't appreciate it. He's still Cody Rhodes is still sort of good guy, Cody, CM Punk comes out and says, Cody, you cheated. I don't appreciate that. I want you at WrestleMania. Or you don't really need that right here. What happens at Royal Rumble? Well, CM Punk can't participate in the title match. CM Punk wins the Royal Rumble. Give him his moment there. He wins the Royal Rumble. So now it's CM Punk versus Cody Rhodes. Well, Seth Rollins is not okay with how all this is taking place. Seth Rollins says, no, no, Adam Pearce, I want a rematch. He cheated. And Adam Pearce says, you're right. He did cheat. Hey, Seth, triple threat. Well, here's the thing about a triple threat. What just happened? What just happened? You allowed for cheating to happen. Weapons can be used. There's no disqualification. So corrupt Cody doesn't even need to to cheat. It's because it's not cheating. But he comes out and he uses weapons and the turnbuckle. And he's any means necessary. And he retains the title. This also gives CM Punk something to do because now he can start the actual feud against Seth by going to Seth and say, Man, if you would have just let me have it. If you would have just let it be a singles match, he would not be champion. But you walked in and you gave him exactly what he wanted. He deceived you into giving you, ex- giving him exactly what he wanted. And now you have full heel Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. You have full heel cor- the corruption's complete. There's no turning back. He's corrupt, Cody. You can. He's the American Nightmare. By the way, he should probably be a nightmare. Nightmares are scary, not superheroes. Um. But you could play a little ode to Dustin Rhodes as well by 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 him coming out and saying, "No, oh, this is this is who I this is the natural Cody Rhodes. This is who Cody Rhodes is naturally. This this feels good to me, right? This is what the this is what the American Nightmare is. This is who I naturally am, right? Does this not feel like a better storyline than what Cody Rhodes has been doing?" That's an exciting story. We don't need good versus evil all the time. You, uh, because, I'm sorry, but most entertainment isn't just the boring good versus evil. It's complex. And to sit here and assume that because casual fans may not be able to understand, you know, all of that. I think that's stupid. Honestly, I quite honestly, I think that's disrespectful to the fan base. Hey, guys, I know I know you want good stories, but I think you I don't think you're educated enough to understand how to how to figure out a storyline. I don't think you're educated enough to to understand the complexities of human interaction. <laughs> I just I don't get I don't get the argument that that we can't have face versus face with actual motivation because that's how actual humans interact where where people have different motivations into why they do things right let me know what y'all think of that what do y'all, what do y'all think about that that booking for Cody also give me sort of uh suggestions on who you want me to book understand though when i do fantasy booking this isn't what I want, you know, I don't just forget the, the history. I use the the past to dictate what I book in the future, right? So this isn't just like, oh, I'm going to book, right? It has to be an active thing now that actually is happening, right? So but don't ask me to do Roman Reigns because I'm not going to do it. I refuse to to book Roman Reigns because I don't know how that shit's going to be, and I refuse to even try to touch it. But let me know who you would like me to to fantasy book. I find these exercises fun. Let's move on to the main thing. Let's make professional wrestling professional again. I have a problem. We have a bunch of man-childs running companies and wrestling in companies. It's pro-wrestling. I'm sorry. This isn't just... We have a bunch of little boys in a man's world. And... People who don't understand that it is a job, right? This isn't just a little game. It's it's a job. So I got problems I- I- over the last month, and really the last year. So I got examples of uh, independent wrestler. I got examples from WWE. Got examples from AEW. Don't say that I'm not. Don't say that I'm picking on AEW, because I got examples from everybody. We're gonna start with an AEW case. And that's Edge and Ricky Starks. This promo, what, what, however it happened, what, it's unprofessional. Right? It's unprofessional. You know, Ricky Starks and, and Edge, that interaction, come on, y'all. Be professionals. There's no need to get... I, I, I don't know. I just... From my understanding that wasn't agreed upon, that went off script, that's where it becomes unprofessional. If that was the script, then you're just doing your job. But it's being reported as going off script, which means you went into business for yourself. That's unprofessional. It sh- you, you can't do that. There's no reason to bring that up, just to get a little pop. Right. But at the end of the day, that one's going to go away. I don't necessarily really care about that one. The next one's Mercedes Monet. Where I get it. You're at a you're at a a meet and greet. Someone asked you a really stupid ass question. Whoever is quoted for saying there's no such thing as a stupid question. It's stupid because there are some stupid questions out there. Some people be asking some of the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. So this person comes up. And ask like, oh, is it true you left WWE because of creative differences? She's not going to speak on it. First off, why do you think that that was a good question? Right? Right? But the way she responded, while I agree with her, that's none of your damn business. You got to be professional with it. Be, be like, hey, I can't talk about it. She caught an attitude, and that's not needed. And it's not the first time this has happened. where where, Mercedes Monet to me feels like someone who got a little bit too big for her britches and now she's, she thinks she's better than the fan base. There are wrestlers out there that think they're better than us. Like actually not playing a gimmick like MJF, but are actually better than us. And, and that we're like the scum of the earth and and they don't need to, to entertain us. (laughs) Bitch, excuse me, Bitch, without me, you won't be getting paid. It's th- That's my reaction, right? mercedes Monet could have handled this a lot more professionally. Here's my WWE example. Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso. You win the tag titles at Fastlane. You come to the press conference drunk as a motherfucker. Was it funny? It fucking was. But guess what? You're on the clock. If I came to work drunk as shit like that, I'd be fired. It's not professional. We need to put professional back in wrestling. You're a professional before you're a wrestler. Right? The next one is it's not recent it's it's actually pretty pretty old from this year. I saw a video, I'm pretty sure I already talked about it of MJF at a at a, a signing where he's taken these toys and and I understand he's a heel. I get it. But he's taking these toys and he's signing them and he's flinging them, fucking yeeting these motherfuckers like 20 feet away from the table. I'm sorry, MJF. That toy was $40 itself. The autograph was probably 40 to 50 in and of itself. So now you're talking, I spent $100 on a a toy to get it signed and you're going to damage it or the box. And people are like, well, get it authorized. And no, 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 no. Here's the point. Don't be flinging my personal property, my dude. Look, you could be a dick to me all you want. That's fine. You could call me fat. You could could cut a promo on me. You could call me a stupid moron. That's cool. But when I come to give you something to sign that's expensive, that's personal property, don't fling the shit halfway across the damn room. That's unprofessional. You could play a gimmick while still being respectful of people's items. But the biggest and most unprofessional, the last example, y'all know this had, y'all knew this had to come. Y'all knew this was going to be one of them. The last example, the biggest and most unprofessional of them all, sniff himself, Tony Khan. Just everything he does to me is unprofessional. He cries on Twitter. He, He, his entire like Twitter, just go to Twitter and find out how he's unprofessional. There's too many examples for me to say. Too many examples for me to say. Tony Khan, y'all, you need to become a professional, dude. What do you think? Am I am I being picky? What 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 do y'all think? What do y'all think? All right. I told you this was gonna be a long one. Let's move into these community questions. Um, We got B-Master who gave me um, one, two, three. B-Master gave me, I think, three. Uh, Wavy D gave me four. And then we had the Witters who gave me, like, four as well, I believe. So all of you, thank you for the questions. There's a lot of them here. We're going to go through some of them as quickly as possible. Some of them require more insight. Let's go ahead and dig down into this. All right, so B Master asks, with Jade and Brian Pillman coming from AEW, who else would you like to see in WWE? Pick one male, one female from TNA, AEW, whatever promotion you want. So one male, one female. I did you a little bit more because I couldn't come down with just one male. Um... The female's obvious, if y'all know, if y'all know what I like, it's Deanna Parasso. Deanna Parasso needs to be in WWE. She's my favorite woman wrestler in the world. She's so much better than Impact. No offense to Impact, but she's so much better than Impact. Um, now when it comes to male wrestler, I went farther down the indie tier. So so there's three tiers in wrestling. You got primary, that's WWE. They got that locked shield, like, it, that, they're locked in that position, they, right? Second tier, middle tier, that's NWA, New Japan, AEW, TNA. Those are, you know, we're on TV, we got streaming deals, we're kind of a big deal. We can somewhat compete with WWE, but we're not WWE, right? And then you got third tier, tertiary tier, independence, right? And that's the way that I view it, Right. It, they're stepping stones. So I run the independents so that I get a contract to AEW or New Japan or TNA, and I use that contract to get a contract at WWE. That's how I would view it. That the end goal should always be WWE. Anyone that says AEW is on the equal playing field to to pro wrestlers got to be got to be f- fucking stupid. They got to be fucking stupid. I couldn't pick one male. I went to third tier. Because there's some on the third tier that aren't even recognized by second tier, and they should be. And 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 so I'm gonna start with I don't even know if all of these guys wrestle still. I'm gonna start with uh, a guy named Drew Adler. Now all of these are local to uh the Carolina region, Georgia, Carolinas, Florida region that I've that I've that I've seen on the indies. So Drew Adler, bro's a beast. Uh, bro's a beast. Um we we got a guy. His name also here, Cam Carter. Y'all need to look this guy up. Y'all need to look Cam Carter up. Um, in fact, I may put videos in the Discord of each one of these guys so you guys can watch. Um, if that's something y'all want me to do, let me know. Uh, Cam Carter is a better Ricochet. He's a better Ricochet. I think he's better than Ricochet. But he's, he's fast. He's lean. He can do all the flippy shit, but he can also, like, bro's a beast. Then we got a guy here named Corey Hollis. Wasn't a big fan of him at first, but as I continue to watch over 2019, I think he's WWE worthy. And then we got Lucky Ali, who, again, just like Cam Carter, he should be much higher than what he... He's being disrespected for whatever reason. Dude's a beast. And that's super indie tier. I guess if I were to go... my my normal answer if if, you know from like the middle tier it's will osprey will osprey but i felt that I was taking the the easy way out so i did i gave you four other guys one to go research and go watch some of their matches um and two i think they're better than where they've been in their career and and i wish they would have gotten some opportunities or get some opportunities um i don't know if they wrestle still to be honest my local indie scene hasn't run a show in two years now and their website don't work. So I don't know. I, I, there's no announcements on anything about what happened with it. So I don't know what happened, but I, I wish they'd come back or at least give me an example. But anyway, next question. I think also from B master, I believe with wrestling as a whole, they lean towards you already knowing everything about a superstar. Um, How would you change the system? So that caters to casual fans and bringing in new audience the same way WWE does it. Right? WWE for every match, they give you a a recap of every story. It's just re, just recap, right? And 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 we got to do a little bit WWE isn't perfect. You got to do vignettes for if you're watching the show and you don't know who a person is, you got to you got to explain it. You can't just expect me to know it. Um and so Vignettes explaining who they are NXT does a very good job At this of this is who I am This is you know a two minute introduction Of who I am what I'm about and what I'm about To do right Um, So yeah I think WWE is as close to do it so, so mimic that don't do AEW Where they just expect you to know Everybody's backstory You gotta you gotta give recaps to stories You gotta give introductions To new characters Right Um B-Master then asked if you were... No, I don't know if it's B-Master or The Witters. I didn't write these down like I should have. Someone asked, um, I don't know if this has been asked before, but if you were given full control of AEW for a year, what would you do? Um, This one's tough. I was given full control of AEW. So the first thing I'm doing, I'm be completely honest. We're axing Rampage. We're axing collision those are done they're not getting ratings there's no reason to have them no one watches the same like 300 people watch both shows no one watches them so cut them you know what that also means this roster bloated as a motherfucker we're cutting half the roster i'm not kidding 50 percent of that roster is cut on the first day that i take that right and i probably don't it probably won't even take me all that long i'll get the phone call hey you got the next year to, to make AEW better you start on this day. You start on January first. Oh, okay. That gives me two months to figure this shit out. On January first, half the roster's cut. On January first, half the roster is cut because AEW is too bloated. Um, and then I hire a booking team. I write into law of AEW into whatever sort of board uh, or into whatever sort of system that they have. I'm writing into law. It cannot be reversed. Signed stamp delivered by Shad Khan that Tony Khan cannot, when he comes back after this year, cannot come back and remove my booking team. That there has to be a booking team. Tony Khan is no longer in control of booking. That's going to be written into some bylaws in the company To where Tony Khan can't replace it Without Shad Khan's approval And then we're just going to book the show For the casual audience To be interested in as well Because the number one thing I hear from AEW fans Are, well, we're not booking for the casuals Well, that's why you're not growing That's why you're not That's why you only have 700,000 people because you're the other the other million and a half they're not interested in what the hardcore fans want but but they're interested in wrestling a lot of the casuals would love to watch your shit if you gave them content they would like i don't know if i would honestly change anything else other, it wouldn't necessarily be the the people on the brand i'd cut the roster but other than just like making sure Tony Khan, I am I would set up systems to make sure Tony Khan cannot take control of, of creative. And then I would just let it run itself because I don't necessarily think there it needs anything other than like, like presentation wise, they're fine. The problem is booking and the problem is Tony Khan. And so I would spend a year to put systems in place to where Tony Khan cannot remove these things. When I leave So It's not like a complex Like oh I would do this This month No 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 It's it's real easy Day one Cut half the roster Get rid of Rampage Get rid of Collision And and then the rest of the, The next 364 days Is build systems Put systems in place To when these 365 days are over Tony Khan cannot come in and remove what I've put in place. It's a booking team. It's producers that actually give a fuck about safety. It's it's systems to to make things marketable. It's it's put inst- inst- instilling characters and character development, and not just wrestling matches. It's it's building. I would uh, get approved on the first week I'm there to build a performance center for AEW. Um I would I would heavily focus on building the women's division, not just one match a week if that. I would lean away from the Uber uh, uh, the large amount of tag team matches and and Canadian destroyers. I'm putting in a banned move list that actually will be enforced. And if Tony Khan removes it again in the bylaws, he's not allowed to remove it. And if he does, then his dad has the legal right to 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 fire him and remove him from the company. Putting in systems to where Tony Khan doesn't have to do anything. In fact, he's Encourage not to do anything and just let the company run. That's what I would do. Because the problem with AEW are not the wrestlers, really aren't the fans. It's not the presentation. It's Tony Khan. That's the problem. There's not much to fix. It's like a week and a half of work, and then I could sit there for 50 other weeks and be fine. But it's making sure Tony Khan doesn't have the authority that he that he wants in the company. It's putting people in in positions of power and instilling them with the power to tell Tony, no man, it's in the bylaws here. We can't do this. Like create systems to where Tony Khan can't destroy this thing. That's that's what I would do. If I had a control of AEW for a year, I'm cutting the roster because it's too bloated. You're spending too much money. I'm. Uh, now I, I I could go into deeper depth about who I would cut, but I would have to look at the roster to do that. And, and 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 so that may be something that I do in the future. Of actually going through the roster and 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 getting rid of people. But we're not going to do that on this episode. But but a basic platform, a basic overview of what I would do is have the roster gone on day one. We're cutting the two shows that are just basically extra unneeded shows. And then we're putting in a booking team, building a PC. Like within the first month, my work will be done. And we're putting in systems that we can activate that Tony Khan cannot remove or else he removes himself from the company, right? Uh, We get another question here. Uh, What show would you like to see Jade on and how would you book her first six months? Uh, Let's answer that first. I'd like to see her on NXT and I would have her come in, beat Becky for the title and then just have a dominant title run. That, That first six months, she just doesn't lose. How long does it take for her to get her first loss? Probably about six months. So I'd have her show up at deadline, be Becky, uh, be a challenger to Becky at deadline, defeat Becky at deadline, and then hold the belt till SummerSlam. Um, where I think by this point, NXT will be considered like a third show and we'll have at least one or two matches on SummerSlam next year. With Jade being one of them, where she's in a... I, I would make it a triple threat. Where she loses the title. um, And then she goes straight into a feud with like Bianca. Right, and then I would—I don't really know who she loses to first. I don't really have an answer for how long until she takes her first loss. That's a hard question to ask. It depends on the direction they really move her in. Does she have a match at WrestleMania? <sighs> probably this year. Yes, I probably wouldn't, but she probably does this year. I'm again probably Bianca. I—I I really believe that Bianca's moving to a story with with Jade. I think that's where it's going. And we got a question about Bianca in a minute, so I'll explain more. And does she get a title shot before WrestleMania? Yeah. In my booking, uh she she wins the NXT women's championship in December. I think that's the the best way to do it. We get into DJ Wavy D's questions now. Um he he gave us four. So first up is I'm a big fan of a traditional 5v5 uh, Raw versus SmackDown Survivor Series matches. War Games is cool, but I don't want a forced War Games that doesn't fully fit with the story. Do you think WWE can build a strong enough story of tension that warrants a War Games? The answer to that question is no, I do not. My response that I want to give to you, Wavy D, is you and me are on the same wavelength here. War Games requires two factions that hate each other. You know what we don't have right now in WWE? Two factions that absolutely in storyline hate each other. We don't we don't have the necessary ingredients to make a war games match. Here's also my thing War Games is becoming overused. We can't we can't make war games a, a weekly thing, or excuse me, a yearly thing. Then it becomes like Money in the Bank, where it's over overused. It becomes like Royal Rumble, where who cares about the Royal Rumble pay per view other than the Royal Rumble matches, right? And I got a theory on that that you could why not do the Royal Rumble match at at, at WrestleMania? I think, and then give you a year to to call your shot, or, or or to 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 call to to pick your winner. Make the Money in the Bank and the Royal Rumble the same match. I I like that idea, right? And so I'm with you there, Wavy D. I just don't think there's enough to make a War Games. You can't just walk William Regal out and say War Games and think that it's going to actually mean anything. There's no story there. So I agree with you. I, I am a bigger fan of the 5v5 standard Survivor Series match. All right, a second topic. Um, Most rumor mill rumors and sources are stating that TNA will not be returning the six-sided ring with the rebranding. Should they at least bring back or redo the whole arena and stage setup? Um, The current impact arena setup is so bad it looks bland like a training school. How does TNA take full advantage of this attention and returning eyes that are going to give them another chance? So first off, first off, I agree. Their arena setup it's it's not just wrestling school. It's like independent, you know, Bingo Hall setup. Cuz that was the that was the feel I got when I saw it on uh was it Saturday? Um the uh, that's what it felt like. It felt like Bingo Hall independent show. It was fine. But yeah, you're right. TNA needs to come back with a splash. They need to take advantage of the fact that this move could put them at number two ahead of AEW. It really could. Um, and so I understand not bringing back the six sided ring. I've never worked in one. I've never worked in a four sided ring either. But I've, I've seen people in Facebook groups that I'm in that have that are wrestlers or, or old referees. And don't who have worked in six-sided rings before, and I've heard other people who worked when TNA had the six-sided ring basically say it's a pain in the ass to, to work in. So I completely understand not using it. Um, but yeah, at least you got to bring back some sort of cool-looking. So you gotta you gotta make your stage design at least look like WWE. You can't look like you're 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 running bingo halls. You got to you got to you got to make it important. But I really feel if you bring you know the essence of what old TNA was, I think you really have the potential of making this the number 2 wrestling product. Um because you got so many good wrestlers down there, you're telling very interesting stories. I think that gives you an advantage. And here's the thing: TNA actively will go after the casual fan. I believe a- a- AEW. I don't think wants them. They want to be a little click, right? They they want to have be the in crowd that only they can can enjoy what they're watching. I think TNA and Anthem Entertainment understand. We 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 have a good opportunity, and this is why I think they need to get on a, a major network. I mean, when you got NWA going on CW you have smackdown leaving why why i entered why i uh, suggested something like fox 1 or fs1 or or fx was SmackDown's leaving leaving now you're not going to put tna on fox they're not going to they're not going to you know put you in a primetime spot for tna but you can go to fx or you can go go up to viacom and say hey put us on paramount network y'all run uh, bar rescue and, and Yellowstone reruns. That's about it. You could put us on in prime time and and, and get a live audience for once. Uh, right. So, yeah, I, I think there's an opportunity for TNA to really make a big impact. All pun intended for, for uh, on the industry with this rebrand. Wavy D's third topic: given reports. That neither WWE nor Bianca want to turn her character heel. Um, how does WWE spice up or alter her character to keep her not only in the good graces with the kids, but also more but also the more hardcore fans. And if there isn't a way, does WWE just stick it with stick with the kids and tell the hardcore fans to deal with it like they did with Cena? So ultimately I think they're gonna do the latter. And they're just gonna say De- deal with it. Um, but let's sort of address this issue. I don't like the idea that Bianca Belair can't market to kids and still be a bad guy on TV. I don't I don't understand it. Are, are, do kids not like bad guys? The, 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 then what the fuck is the Rhea Ripley love? People love Rhea Ripley. The last uh WWE event I went to, there were kids wearing Rhea Ripley shit. I don't buy the story that Bianca Belair can't be can't be more unique and more complicated because the kids won't understand it. Here's my honest response to it. Fuck the kids, man. Quite honestly, fuck the kids, and it's gonna come back. Well, you don't have kids, so you don't understand. No, no, fuck the kids. We gotta stop fucking lying to these motherfuckers, right? You want we we have a generation of Gen X and and the millennial generation who have no trust and each other and the government and religion and 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 people they struggle with relationships because they have trust issues and why the fuck is that because growing up we have we we grew up in an entire generation where we were lied to about everything from in our childhood we were lied to about Y2K we were lied to about uh you, you know the government lied to us about weapons of mass destruction uh our parents lie to us about Santa, the the, the Easter Bunny, and, and 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 we cultivate this. We gotta stop lying to motherfuckers. Look, if I, there's a reason I don't have kids. One, I don't. I, you need you need a second partner here to to. You can't make kids by yourself. Uh, but two, and the more more important one is financially, I think a lot of people's problems is they they have kids and they're not financially stable to take care of themselves. So then they go into poverty. I'm not putting that on. That's not fair. Right. But let's just be glad I don't have kids because I'm in the wrong generation to have kids. I'm in the wrong world to have kids because I'm the type of motherfucker. My kids would be the kids that would ruin Christmas for your kids. And I would be sitting there smiling while I did it. We got to stop lying to kids, man. You know, you know whose job it is to parent your kids, not WWE's. It's yours. So if Bianca Belair turns heel because it's better for business, because the, the her character's boring as shit, and she turns heel, and it's more entertaining, right? You know whose job it is to tell your kids that it's fake. Yours. Let's stop fucking playing with these motherfuckers. Oh, you're going to ruin their imagination. Now the fuck You know when I figured out that Undertaker and Kane weren't brothers when I was like 6 or 7. You know when I found out that Santa Claus was fake when I was like 6 or 7 and I I asked for the same Washington Redskins helmet cuz I lived in DC and everyone, you know, I went to the mall and I liked it and I asked for it for 3 years straight never got it uh right we got to stop lying to kids man this is an issue that really bugs me right i would be the parent that would completely be okay with my kids walking up to your kids and say man you believe in santa you're a fucking dork i would be the parent that would encourage that we got to stop lying to kids tell them that it's fake it's okay. Tell them that it's entertainment. Tell them it's not real. That they can just enjoy. Right. That Bianca's really not a bad girl. She's not really evil. But this is entertaining, isn't it? It's a lot better than her playing fucking Wonder Woman. Right. I I, I don't get the argument. I really don't. I'm fu- And I'm and I'm tired of. This idea that WWE has to dumb down everything because the kids watch—I—I—I I, I, I don't like that. I don't like that at all, right? Nerdy or Wavy D's? Excuse me. There's too many D's that I know. Wavy D's next question gets into this as well about like role models. Um, you could be a bad, uh, an evil character on TV. And still be a role model for kids and do Make-A-Wish. I I just, I I don't understand this idea that Bianca Belair can't do both. Why can't she be a heel and then still do Make-A-Wish? Some people like bad characters. Some people like the bad guy. I, I don't understand the idea. I just don't understand it. So, personally, I think WWE just... You don't necessarily need to turn her heel. But her playing Wonder Woman or Captain Marvel... That's not working for me. I'm sorry. Nobody wants another fucking Super Cena. No one wants that shit. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we don't need TV just marketed for kids. Because who's actually watching the product? You're, 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 you're five-year-old. You're seven-year-old. No, no one can no ca- At the end of the day, no one actually really cares. Like, I don't know about you. But when I was seven, there's a reason I stopped watching wrestling when Stone Cold left. Because my dad wasn't interested in it anymore. And we had one TV, and what was on TV? Whatever Dad wanted to watch. We got an entire generation of kids right now that are spoiled because they get everything they fucking want. We got to stop lying to them. We got to stop spoiling them. These motherfuckers. Sorry, I get frustrated when it comes to these type of talks because we 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 ha- we've created. A, a society of people that just expect that whatever I want, I need to get, and that that goes for adults and that goes for kids. Look, fuck the kids, fuck the kids. Put on something that is entertaining for the fan base that actually spends fucking money. Oh, but the the parents they take their kids. Okay, good for them. I, I don't I, I don't understand this argument. I don't understand the argument of Bianca Belair can't be a heel because we we might lose some kids. I don't get it. And I get she's a role model, but guess what? She could be a role model and still be a heel. Or she could still be a role model and not fucking be Captain Marvel. You don't have to turn her full heel, but give her some depth. Give her something that's entertaining. You don't have to make her bad. Just don't make her fucking kick out of every move. Don't have super strength. We we don't need that shit no more. We got to be past that. We got to be past that. That's not real life. Uh, Wavy D's last topic is, is it fair for wrestlers to feel responsible for entire groups of people and demographics in the fan base? For example, Bianca in the African-American community, Drew McIntyre and the Scottish-European base, Asuka and Shinsuke for the Japanese base, or even when they push the, the Middle Eastern descent wrestlers uh, while they do in Crown Jewel. Um, no, it's not fair. If so so here's how I look at it. If you want a role model, people are gonna find role models in whatever they want, right? Um and not everyone's role model is positive. So so the idea is like should should Bianca Belair feel pressured to be a role model for African American women? I don't think she should be pressured to do it. If she wants to be on that platform, go do your thing. I'm no one's stopping you. Right, if Drew McIntyre wants to to be a role model, here's the thing: it's probably going to happen no matter what, right? It's probably going to happen no matter what. Um, and so, is it fair? I don't necessarily think. Uh, It depends on what you determine as fair. That's a that's an interesting word. Fair is subjective. Um, people are going to be role models no matter what. Like people will look up to to the, the weirdest people, right? The fact that like. The fact that someone like uh, Rihanna or like Beyonce are someone's role models or, you know, people are looking up to to these women rappers that are promoting promiscuity and uh, and all that and all that shit. Right. People look up to who they want to look up to. And that's on them. And so I, I don't really have an answer for this question. Because it depends on what you de- determine by fair. Um, but but I don't think Bianca Belair should, should be pressured in a way to where she, hey, Bianca, you represent every single black woman or little girl. Because not every little girl wants to be Bianca Belair. Some little girls want to be Rhea Ripley. Some little girls want to be Tiffany Stratton or Becky Lynch. So I don't think it's fair for Bianca to to be the one. Like, she has to be the role model for the little girls. Right? Or Cena has to be the role model for the guys. I didn't look up the fucking John Cena. I want it to be Randy fucking Orton or Triple H. Right? DX, and I want it to be rebellious. I wanted to be Stone Cold. I didn't want to be John fucking Cena. That's boring. That's just how I feel, right? That's just how I feel about it. And so if you if you look up to Bianca or if you look up to Drew or you look up to Shin or if you look up to someone, that lo- here's the thing. People just want to be represented. People want to be represented. And so, hey, look, Bianca Belair is representation, and representation matters. Right. But is Montez Ford not the same type of representation for black for for black boys, African-American boys? And he turned heel. Is there a difference? I don't think there is. Is. I mean, he's on the same level as Bianca was. Meeting with TKO on uh, uh, in New York on the the the, the side of uh, uh, Wall Street, they're on the same level. They're getting the same push. why does why does Montez get to put some depth in his character and Bianca doesn't? Some girls want to be the good girls. Some want to be rebellious like Rhea. I just I don't think it's I don't think it's fair to say Bianca's got to be the role model for the little girls. No, she doesn't. I just I, I this whole issue, like I said, fuck the kids. I just that that's how I feel. And y'all going to look at me and say I'm wrong. You don't have kids. You're young. Wait till you have kids and you'll find out. No. Y'all, y'all, y'all want your kids to believe in like fairy tales. I'm going to tell my kids how to live in real life. Right. That, that's just, that, that's just, that's, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> All right. We got to, we got to push fire and bury and the three teams are Viking Raiders, DIY and End of Shear. So I'm going to piss some more people off here. We're burying Viking Raiders because they're already five feet underground. Let's add them the extra six and put in, in in their fucking shit. Hey, ain't nobody give a fuck about them. So who we pushing? Who we firing? Let's go ahead and piss people off. We're firing DIY. We'll explain why in a minute. Why are we pushing in this year? They're big. They're 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 they're, they're meaty. <laughs> no, they're, they're they're honestly, I believe a more interesting team. And, and here's the thing. The, the fact of the matter is, is we saw DIY for four fucking years in NXT, and, and they didn't draw the fucking penny. I don't want to see that shit again. I saw them for four years, and it got boring real fucking quick. I don't want to see that shit again. So just for the fact that I'm tired of even seeing Johnny Gargano and, and, and all this shit, I don't want to see that shit. Push in this year. That's literally the reason. I'm tired of seeing DIY. I I, I don't understand why people want to see them. They're not interesting. They're not entertaining. They put on some good matches in NXT. But when you see them for four years straight and nothing else happens, they turn on each other three times in four years. I don't want to see that shit again. What, so we can get another fucking heel turn? My Ciampa? Destroying Gargano again? I don't want to see it. We get another question here. Build a current roster 5v5 Survivor Series match, WWE versus AEW. So I'm going to do this for the men and the women because it wasn't specified, so I'm going to do it for both. So let's start with ladies first. Women always go first. So let's start with Team AEW on the women's side. I would have Britt Baker because, you know, that's just beyond honest, Britt Baker wouldn't allow anyone. Wouldn't allow the match to happen if Britt Baker wasn't involved in it, because Britt Baker is well, she's a bitch. <laughs> so Britt Baker. I'd also have Jamie Hayter. I'd have Tony Storm, Chris Statlander, and my sort of wild card on this, is, just based on what I see being booked right now, is Willow Nightingale. She's getting a lot of push, in in AEW. So I would put so with Britt Baker, Tony St- Tony Storm, Chris Statlander, Willow Nightingale. Jamie Hader against and it's not it's not even close uh, Jade Cargill Charlotte Flair Bianca Belair Becky Lynch and Tiffany Stratton and WWE wins in a clean fucking sweep that's how I book that match WWE wins in a clean fucking sweep because we got the fucking we got 99 overalls in every position and, and, and AEW got the fucking middle, mid, middle schoolers. It ain't no fucking chance there. Let's move to the men. Team AEW. You, you start with Adam Cole. You move on to Brian Danielson, Kenny Omega, MJF. And probably the biggest uh, pushed star in AEW over the last year has been Orange Cassidy. So you put him there because for whatever reason, they love to put him in in big spots. So Adam Cole, Brian Danielson, Kenny Omega, Orange Cassidy, and MJF versus Roman Reigns, LA Knight, yeah, Seth Rollins, Gunter, and Dominic Mysterio. And again, WWE wins. Probably not a clean sweep, but I could see them winning with like three people still remaining, All right? But again, Adam Cole, Danielson, Omega, Orange Cassidy, and MJF versus Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Gunther, Dominic, and everyone say with me, L.A. Knight, yeah. Uh, so, so that's that's how we do that. That's, that was quick and easy. Um, and then we'll go to the last question here. Uh, Name your top five NXT stars or tag teams that you would like to see caught up soon. There's a lot, uh, but uh, Roxanne Perez, there's nothing for her to do. Move her up already. Gallus, the Creed Brothers, Carmelo Hayes, and Ilya Dragunov. Um, So y'all want to answer all these questions, you can go to the episode discussion tab channel on the Discord in the description. Thank you all for listening to another episode of the slapping me to wrestling podcast. I'm we too deep. Don't forget slappingmeatwrestling.com You can go get your merchandise Again, the discords in the description. If you're listening on podcast networks, leave a review. Uh, and if you're listening on YouTube, like, share, subscribe, share, share it with your friends. Let, let's build this community. Thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for all the questions. I really do appreciate it. Let me know. Give me feedback on what you think of all this. And I'll see you on the next episode of the Slapping Me to Wrestling podcast. Brother, I'm going run around how cody. If I like get some moment, I'll make sure it's an explosion. Cause lately I've been seeing stars trying to kick out on his jaw course. But it's no hard.